Good job. Mm. So, so how's everybody? How's this uh, pandemic treating all of us, I guess? <laughs> it hasn't hasn't infected me yet. Yeah. <laughs> Against all odds, working in retail, still still good. That's very good. I'm still in economic limbo, but you know, it's pretty all right. Oh, I, I know that feeling well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I do keep feeling like, yeah, I, I all the numbers are growing, but more and more people are being like super casual. And I was like, yeah, things are things are gonna get bad soon, aren't they? Yeah, probably. There's gonna be fun. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I love this timely content <laughs> that will age well for sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure in two weeks. There's gonna be like an explosion of things, and this is gonna come out. Like, well, <laughs> oh, also, um, just to get ahead of the buck, uh, rest in peace, Connor Battles. Please. He found out Skate Four was coming out, and his brain exploded. Rip to Connor. Uh, uh, it was a scanner situation, kind of right? Just whole whole mm-hmm. brain explosion. Yeah, yeah, it was exactly that. It was horrifying. It was a lot. Um, but we're here. We're alive. Um, we know how to board. I guess. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Two out of three. I know I've been on a skateboard. Yeah. Was... We've all been on skateboard. <laughs> we've all been on skateboard. <laughs> is a statement I can confidently make. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. We should just like list things that we can be like, you know, I think universally I can say we've all tried a carrot. <laughs> you know, real low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. Up the lowest of the low, much like ourselves. Oh. You know, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. That's It's good mm-hmm. to have things in common. Yeah. 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 Connor is no longer with us, but um, content nausea is still here. Uh, That's right. And you're listening to it. So, uh, this this is content nausea. Yeah, uh, I'm Brooke. I'm Aaron, and I'm Miles. Ooh, ooh, nice dramatic pause. Yeah, that little half stutter I thought would bring a little more dramatic flair to the show. Mm-hmm. I I like it. I think we could just we can start embracing just new ways of introducing ourselves all the time. I think mm-hmm. this is a very effective. I, well, I tried to the one week. I tried to introduce Connor. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That didn't go well for him. He was just more confused than anything. He was having none of it. <laughs> Connor was not dramatic enough, so we actually yeah. uh, um, we honestly we... need to figure out a way for listeners to like be in touch in some way. <laughs> oh, I I yeah. sent up an email. Hey. Oh, very nice. I, I spelled it wrong, but I spelled it wrong. That's terrific. I spelled that... it wrong and hit finish, and then I saw it and went, well, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> well, Solid effort. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Oh. yeah, if listeners do want to email us, they can hit us at content nausea.com, spelled content N A S U. E A. I have to spell it out now because I, yeah, N A S U E A. Uh, so it's content Nazuia. Nazuia. 
that's the new name of the show. Get ready. Mm-hmm. Um, get used to it. It's a good thing. Content Nizuya. Nizuya. At gmail.com. That's really funny, actually. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Let it, let us know what content you're listening to, and then we'll tell you if it's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. We'll 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 try to read it and maybe respond, but we'll yeah we'll we may we'll even delete it. Yeah, we might we might send you to spam. You want that to happen? That may be fun for you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We could mark your email. Your, uh, we'll we'll sign you up for our favorite newsletters. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> the New York Post. <laughs> we'll sell your data for yeah. free. It's not even selling at that point. It's just donating it away. Charitable data. Charitable data. It's free data. Mm, Very nice. Gosh. So, how's everybody? And what have you been uh, watching or listening to, or or playing, or doing? Honestly, low key, not much. Um, Started reading a book. Friend of the show loaned us called Script Writing Vital. Well, that's not words. Scriptwriter's Bible. Which is kind of <laughs> cool. Is it the first Bible you've ever read? No, but I, I okay. don't remember which one I read at first. Okay. <laughs> you know, I just, knowing, knowing you, I wasn't really sure if that was on your, your reading list before. <laughs> on my agenda to read. Them. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, no, but besides that, um, just like older music, Couple singles dropped in the recent weeks. That was good. Um, Idols has a couple singles out. That's really fun. Well, not fun. I enjoyed them. They're relevant to the times, quote unquote. But what isn't? Um, and then the Tropical Fuckstorm also had a couple singles a couple months ago. And the lead singer of Amel and the Snippers, Amel. Uh, does guest vocals on one of them. Very good. Besides that, I don't much. I almost played Into the Woods. Oh. But I didn't actually get to it. You, uh, you mean Night in the Woods? Yes, that one. Not Into the Woods. That's, uh... <laughs> I was like, were you going to watch a, a musical? Like... <laughs> St- starring uh, Chris Pine and, and Johnny Depp. Yeah. Meryl Streep. I think Emily Blunt's in that. I think so. Yeah. James Corden. We could just list characters in Into the Woods yeah. that I think none of us have seen. I have not. Is CIA is, <laughs> is CIA asset uh Jim John Krasinski in that movie? I uh, sadly no. Maybe in the background. He's. I think Jim Belushi is in it as a tree. I can believe yeah. that. Ooh, that'd be good. That almost might bring me around. John Krasinski's in the background, just saying "bomb Venezuela." Uh. <laughs> I do this for money. It's good news. <laughs> that whole saga is a thing into itself. Yeah. Like, I I keep thinking about that now, and I was going to bring that up a few episodes ago, of the whole, like, concept of, like, police and military in movies and TV is such a weird cultural thing that we've had forever. It yeah. is. So, like, in another film group chat i'm in um three of us so you know who i'm talking about um i was like 
we were talking about like you know fuck all cops basically was was our general notion of this conversation and then we went well you know except for dale cooper and um (laughs) robocop's pretty tight and then we just kept like making excuses for like a handful of good apples if you will yeah for different good movie yeah and it is horrifying because it's like film and television have made us very okay with like well, you know, he's a renegade cop, but he's on our side, yeah. so we that's like how, him. That's how they get you, yeah. They're like, but what about this good cop? Right. Yeah, it's been like accidental no, like, purpose propaganda forever. No, oh, incredible yeah. amounts of the cool cops from film are actually cops who don't listen to cop shit. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. Most of them are cops that either, like, the rest of the force hates them because they're not corrupt like they are, or because they're, like, renegade, they're not following policy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Dearly departed Connor and our, our friend of the show Cameron decided that ultimately they might end up being um, what was it Keanu Reeves and um, oh god what's his name Are you talking Gary about B- like Point Break from Point Break Patrick Swayze <laughs> um, and I was going to be a fucking Patrick Swayze because clearly you know I know he's not building right. a good cop um, yeah. it's a shame you're a real renegade yeah, it's like the only cop I felt comfortable saying I should be was um, Dana Scully, but that's just fair. I'll take that. Yeah, no. Man, there really is a lot of cop propaganda, huh? There's so many. I mean, I still kind of am laughing that, like, didn't they cancel Paw Patrol? I think so. They uh, did or tried. I'm going to fact check that, actually. I, 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 I get rid of co- like cops because it was just basically like police brutality comedy but yeah. like paw patrol i don't like i've never seen it but like yeah, I, I, don't don't care. <laughs> I don't know maybe you can have like a uh, fire brigade <laughs> can dogs fight a fire yeah they don't have thumbs paw patrol animal control Oh no, that feels like the cops much more than Paw Patrol. It'd be an interesting dynamic, at least. Well, like, what if they called cops human control? Oh, yeah. I, don't like that. I don't like that. I, I kind of like that. <laughs> I were the human control. It's um, um, actually my band name. <laughs> that is a pretty good band name. Um, they were the human control. Yeah. I please. please. That that's definitely the name of like a punk band that's like trying to make a point, or like a pretentious art band. It's one of the two. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They 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 go in between. It's it's a lot of like post punk shit. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. Check them out on Bandcamp. It's probably a band, and I'm just recommending some terrible fucking like alt right band. It could be the case. Yeah. Whoops. Or it could it. be your equivalent of pigeons playing ping pong. It's also very bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, the human oh, control. Man. Drugs, man. Dead. Uh, crystals. Fucking love them. Are <laughs> uh, you been to the ledges? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Have you been to the ledges? Bought some, oh, bought some fun new-looking ass at the ledges. <laughs> it's all gelatin, bro. Gelatin crystal acid. <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe jam band people brought hula hoops into Eurogyro, which is the tiniest little bar space. That's did they really? Like there's yeah, there's just no space for them to do what they do, but they did it. 
Uh, I'm going to say it right now. I hate hippies. Uh, I, I feel like I've been <laughs> silent long enough on this issue. Hippies suck. Uh, oh, man. They, hippies and libertarians are basically indistinguishable um, <laughs> in, in many cases. It's like so many modern day hippies are just jam band kids. So just like white kids that do drugs, but like with daddy's money. Mm-hmm. No, and hippies died in 71. Yeah. People in jam bands are like, I want to smoke weed and uh, be racist. Yeah, um, man. And it's like, you know, don't worry about my tax bracket. Mm hmm. I wish there was like a stupid Facebook or like social media bingo of every time I just see somebody say, I'm moving to Colorado. Man, I just remember being like 12 years old watching the like the Dude Tour, the X Games, and like, man, I want to move to Colorado. And I'm like, man, I don't want to live in Colorado. <laughs> it's a lovely state, but it seems like, like a very nice place. Yeah, but if it's, like, somebody like you or friend of the show, Alyssa, who likes to, like, hike and be near mountains and shit, like, I get that. Move for that. Yeah. But, like, everything else, just, like, I feel like that state's probably, like, we we are sad that we're now the jam band mecca. I think it doesn't help that half the state's oxygen-deprived. So, what have you guys been up to? Um, go ahead, bro. Um, all right, I have an obscene amount of things that I have watched. Um, but I don't want to be an enormous asshole and deep dive on all of them, even though they deserve it. A lot of these things were completely bananas. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of, I was slowing down on movies for a while, and I hate when that happens. All right, we're going to jump back in. So I watched Shot, which we've talked about before. I watched the trauma classic Surf Nazis Must Die. Um, which is, it's fine. I think it's, like, kind of a lesser trauma in that, like, the first bit is kind of boring, but really picks up when, uh, these surf Nazis who are just neo-Nazi surf gang people. Mm-hmm. At one point of a very minor, but I think could have been better if it was larger, fight with the surf samurai. Um, that could have been a cool thing, but that wasn't. Um, but partway through, uh, they kill this totally innocent dude that's just like trying to walk home and his mom starts to like go and take revenge on them and she rocks like mm-hmm. so, like she just pops up and does this like insane like she just attacks one of them and it opens with a scene where she throws one against a wall and it's a mural of um in the court of the crimson king like the king crimson album yeah it's just like all right this is enough that that shot is enough for me to be like, all right, this movie is something. It, it's it's worth you know the hour and a half, I guess. That yeah. was, and then she just goes on a rampage when she buys a gun. It's hilarious. Like, very good. Um, I watched Mondo Kane, which spawned a whole genre, basically called Mondo Kane. Um, and it is basically like when we were talking about Cinerama travelogue movies. It's basically like that, but incredibly inappropriate. Okay. It's like the tabloid sleazy version of that, but filmed around the same time period. Okay, so it's like ex- exploitation uh, cinerama, like travelogue. Exactly, and I loved it. It was so good. I don't think everybody would. Like, a lot of the ratings on it were very, um, you know, they could go either way. Some of the stuff was incredible. Like, just undeniably fun. Um, 
there's this whole segment where they just follow a night of a bunch of Germans just getting fucking obliterated at the bar. But it's <laughs> shot gorgeously. And I'm like, this is amazing. I could watch this for like 20 minutes. Just this. Um, the only times it got a little rough was any of the animal stuff. Oh, yeah. But none of it was like, they weren't doing it. It wasn't like Cannibal Holocaust where you watch them, like they just killed the turtle for the movie um this one like there was an incredibly dramatic scene where like a turtle um was on a beach that had been like nuked and so the all the generations of turtles were kind of fucked up mm-hmm. so this one completely forgot where he was at or she was where after uh it, it laid its eggs and then just got lost <laughs> oh wow and it was the most like I was sitting in my room just butt-wrenched by, like, a turtle that's now lost. And then it, you, there's, like, this artful shot of, like, another turtle that had gotten lost and now is just bones. <laughs> oh, God. And I was like, damn, this is rough, but amazing. Um, like, there's a scene where they dye chicks for Easter, which is still something they do and is super fucked up. Mm-hmm. But it's just all these Italian ladies just dipping them in little bowls of dye and then putting them on a tray. And then after you put them in the tray, you put them in the oven at like a oh hundred. So oh, they dry. Yeah. Oh, so, so it's like real light, but still like. Yeah. You know, and they're like, now for the oven. I was like, what? Like, well, we're going to put them in the oven. Don't worry. They're usually fine. Well, 60% make it. Jesus. And I was like, oh my God. It's like, I know I eat like chicken, but this is just sad. Um. Oh, yeah, just popping live chicks in the oven. Yep, exactly. And they're like, yeah, sixty percent make it. Um, but it's all stuff that actually happens or would already be happening. Like, you know, they're not manufacturing anything really terrible. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of the more like gross parts of the movie are just the the narration chooses to be like tongue in cheek about the horrifying things that are sometimes on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's a scene where they, they go to um, somewhere in Asia and they're eating dog. You can't tell it's dog. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's it's being tongue-in-cheek about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, of course, I followed that up with the natural progression of um, the Ed Wood movie Glen or Glenda. Um, okay. Do either of you know anything about this or Ed Wood? I've, I, I know like a tiny bit about edward i've definitely heard of uh I, i've definitely like read about glenn or glenda before because it's it's a is it a documentary or like semi-documentary sort of yeah um like i i know i know what it's about like cross-dressing and like transgender well, like of... issues yeah i mean it's kind of amazing because i mean i had heard of plan nine and edward for a long time and then i saw the tim burton edward movie which kind of gives you more context um but friend of the show cameron watched glenn or glenda which i'd always meant to see and was just like holy shit that was incredible you need to watch this as quick as possible um it is nuts it is about an hour long and it is basic i think the best way to describe it like quickly would just to be like it is um pro-trans propaganda from 1953 hell yeah it's amazing because it gets some stuff wrong it's 1953 edward i'm sure did not do that great of research um but like for the time it was not super far off or super disrespectful 
Um, like I thought it would fuck up way more. Uh, cause like the, the handful of things are good. Like, cause it's, it's basically just like, you feel like you're watching some old school, um, like PSA and it is like an hour long and it just says language that is just basically forcing you, the viewer to feel okay about this. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like, well, so what if he wants to dress in woman's clothes? It makes him feel better. Would you not want him to feel better? And you're like, okay, that's fine. Like, let him do it. Um, it opens on like a thing that says basically a lot of the people that they're portraying in the film as like either cross-dressers or actual, they usually say transvestite in the film, but Mm -hmm. we'll just say trans moving forward. But, um, like either trans folks or cross-dressers, they're like, they're, they're going to be portrayed by people that actually identify as that. Okay. And like that's a big fucking deal for then it's a big deal for now unfortunately yeah that, yeah um, that's like that's something you don't see now like <laughs> yeah exactly and so like this one guy likes to cross dress um they equate it back to like the way he was raised influenced that which yes and no there's times when that happens and there's times when it's just somebody who they enjoy being in drag they enjoy cross dressing they enjoy whatever yeah. um but like even when they discover like that through psychiatry this guy and his uh fiance because of course edward was a known cross-dresser mm-hmm. and yeah. he was also straight so he wanted to make this to sort of like partially like like i'm fine look um but of, there's of course a line he had to throw in where it's just like well glenn you know he's straight most uh most of these people are uh they're they're you know they're not homos and you're like, okay, you were you were so close to like being um, nice, but all right. Yeah, but um, it, it's like, oh right, it was still the fifties. Like you, uh... yeah. Like we and we know this is more about Ed's issues than in general. Yeah, um, but yeah. So like, Glenn is engaged to some girl who's like taking psych classes in college. So they go to the psychiatrist, and he's just like, well, you know, it's his mom wanting a girl that makes him do this. So you could maybe transfer your feminine feelings to her and blah, 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 and maybe that'll cure it. And she goes, well, what if it can't be cured? And he's like, well, would that be so bad? And I was like, damn. That's, yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> Pretty progressive. Um, and then the second half of the film is somebody who actually went through a sex change operation in the 50s. Okay. Um, and it's kind of amazing. The tricky thing is... They did it from the perspective of somebody who already had traces of um, both sex and like basically somebody who's intersex. And so mm-hmm. it made the surgery easier, especially for the time when they really weren't doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it made the ex- explanation a little bit easier than trying to say the more complicated version of why other people who might not have those traits might want to do this. Um but yeah, in general, really sympathetic, pretty good. Uh, the only complaints I have outside of the ones I mentioned were um, when there's the um, the gender reassignment at the end, the goal right after, they, they run through, well, the important thing is that she looks like a woman. So it's really important that she keeps her figure right and knows how to wear makeup properly. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's that's not like the role of a woman but like Mm-mm. i got you okay you're close you're so close to getting it right 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've seen some people be a little mad that it gets it a little wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, really fucking impressive. I, I do want to watch that now, because that, honestly, that sounds like it. I Like, for for its time and for, I assume, the amount of, like, knowledge that Ed Wood had beforehand, like, decent. Yeah, like, 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 obviously, there's stuff to criticize and to, uh, like, look back on, but, like, that sounds better than a, a lot of modern like yeah i mean and it's also amazing because it's framed around the concept of there is it opens with um killing themselves because they had been arrested so many times for being a man dressed in a woman's clothing which was illegal at the time um in public and the cop that's on the scene is so affected by it, their suicide note just basically being like, I need to live like this or I should die. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. I will. Um, so the cop went to a psychiatrist dealing in these matters specifically to understand better, which is like, cops wouldn't do that now. Like, mm-hmm. it is such a weirdly, like, optimistic view of this topic in a mm-hmm. lot of ways um yeah it's it is an interesting time capsule for sure that's really interesting yeah and then i followed it up with um schlocky horror movie criminally insane where a woman gets out of a psych ward like a this heavyset woman and she her mom tries to stop her from eating so then she just kills everybody who tries to get in the way of her and food okay um, it wasn't great. The concept's pretty funny in the sense that this woman just, it is just insanity. And, uh, the, the star Ethel, uh, Janowiski is amazing because she is just so surly and awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, in general, eh, it was okay, but it was also an hour long. Okay. Not too bad. And so I will get to the last thing, but the most important thing to me, I knew I was going to be very... you know about the beaver trilogy uh you cut out for a little bit what? yeah we couldn't get any of that sorry <laughs> it was mainly me apologizing for talking about a lot of movies I've, I've come to the end do either of you know the beaver trilogy no may probably not yeah it is super super underground i only know what it is based on like i had only ever seen like stills from it because it was it's a kind of a cult classic but for a long time, it was really hard to find. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a filmmaker, as in there was just some dude who worked for a local news outlet. Um, it was his like first day on the job. You don't know this, but it was his first day on the job. And he just spots some guy outside of the news station when he's like testing out um, his camera. Starts talking to him, and he is just like the most gregarious, friendly, chatty guy. He's so excited to like be, you know, you know, hypothetically on TV. And you know, it, it's in '79 that this happens, and so the kid is just so interested in being on TV that like he exchanges information with the guy and keeps in touch with him, trying to like figure out his way into television. So he goes, "Hey, I'm putting on a talent show in our weird little town of Beaver." And this is like a small town in Utah. Um, mm-hmm. And he's just like, 
come to the talent show. You'll be amazed. It's going to be incredible. I'm going to perform. So this kid who totally seems just like, he basically seemed like a little more of a clean cut, like Spicoli from like okay. Fast Bunch High, hmm. just kind of like, whoa, man, like it's so awesome to be on TV. What's up? Just like all energy and like super chill. Um, so for the talent show, he's going to do an impersonation of his favorite singer, Olivia Newton-John. And so <laughs> he gets into drag as Olivia Newton-Don. It's, it's just incredible. Like, he goes to the local morticians to get his makeup done because it's the only person that knows how to do makeup in the town. <laughs> um, and then you just see him getting his makeup done and, like, he starts to, like, transform before the camera and starts speaking in, like, a high-pitched voice with, like, a bit of an accent trying to be Olivia Newton-John. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it goes from the surf dude to that so quickly that you're kind of, like, flabbergasted. And then, oh my god, the fucking talent show performance is like, it's a it's a lot. It's a lot. And the audience didn't expect that. And it's incredible. Um, and then that's that. Like, that's that segment. The next segment, I guess, like, two or three years later, the same dude didn't do anything with the footage, but couldn't stop thinking about this kid. So... Mm -hmm refilmed the entire situation with an actor oh in his head with not a real person mm -hmm. really so he gets sean penn <laughs> who like wasn't anybody yet yeah so it was like 81 he gets sean penn he gets spicoli and he does a perfect spicoli for it he's like hey man i can't believe i'm on tv he goes through the same exact process so you watch him go to the morticians. You watch him get his makeup done. You watch him perform the Olivia Newton-John song the exact same way. Wow. Uh, it's incredible. And then they do it a third time in 85. But this time with Crispin Glover, who's also not famous yet. This is like the year before fucking Back to the Future. Wow. And he... He changes it into more of, like, an after-school special. So there's, like, extra scenes to, like, sort of build into, like, well, this is us driving to, you know, the mortuary. Or this is the kid writing us letters. And this is what happens after. The weird thing with the, the taped ones that never gets explained, because that's all the Beaver Trilogy is, is just these three short films. Mm -hmm. um, it never gets explained that at the end of the performance... Um, Every time somebody that was, you know, a friend or like the, you know, one of the teachers that helped put on the, the talent show will be like, you know, you made a fucking fool of yourself. And then there's a, a scene where the beaver kid goes home and then almost kills himself oh, because wow. he's so nervous that like, you know, oh, now he was this fun, gregarious guy and now everybody's going to like vilify him. Mm hmm. And it feels super weird. Like, it was just, there's no context for any of this. It's super strange. Um, it was so fascinating. And then I went, like, I watched all three in a row. Like, the, the Beaver trilogies, just all three stuck together. And then I went back and watched the initial, like, original clip, like, directly after. Just to be like, wow, wow. Okay, that's just, all of that was super well done and is bizarre. And 
that was stuck in my head for like the whole night. So I tracked down the Beaver Trilogy part four, which is a documentary about the film and the filmmaker. Mm-hmm. It itself is fascinating. I don't want to give up too much of it, but it explains like what happened to the kid in the initial thing. Um, the filmmaker himself, like how his career tra- trajectory went um, in regards to this. Um, how all these famous people got involved and how it affected them. Like, it's just nuts. Like, it mm-hmm. is an absolutely fascinating, weird, like, film thing. Um, I, I highly recommend both because they are bananas. Also, the Beaver Trilogy uh, Part 4, The Doc, is narrated by Bill Hader, who hmm. <laughs> is doing, like, a movie trailer voice for the whole documentary. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like, it doesn't sound like him. He's like, but the beaver kid would know what's coming his way. And you're just like, okay, yeah, I'm in. This is great. But yeah, like, it's, it is a bizarre situation. Um, but yeah, I, I highly recommend because, holy shit, it was so good. <laughs> I'll definitely check that out. That sounds really interesting. Mm-hmm. But that brings us to, uh, I think, some some movies we might have in common. Well, we also gotta see what Eric's been up to. We do, yes. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. I watched uh, Best in Show, Raising Arizona. Oh, nice. Uh, John Carpenter's first movie, Dark Star. How um, was that? It was. It was good. It was. It was fun. Um. I was thinking about watching that before it leaves Criterion. It, it, that's why I watched it. Uh, because I'd been seeing it for months and I was like, saw it's leaving at the end of June. I was like, well, I might as well just give it a shot. Um, it's good. It's it's about like um, this crew that's on this like half broken down spaceship. Like uh, their, their original captain died because uh, they didn't have like good radiation shielding uh, and the company refuses to send more like, the movie opens up with like this like company like like creep suit just being like we're sorry to hear that your uh, captain died but uh we're not going to be able to like provide you any supplies it wouldn't like uh be worth it for us to send a freighter out there t- to you guys um and uh it was a, it was uh the script was at least partially written by um someone who wrote, like wrote the screenplay for Alien Oh, cool. Um, and to me, the 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 two uh the two big um uh through lines of both of those movies are that uh your employer is trying to kill you uh through negligence. Cool. Um, yeah. So like their ship is just continually breaking down. Um, their job is to like uh blow up unstable planets. Um, that like will like go off course and destroy other stuff um so it's this like four person crew on this gigantic ship and they have talking bombs like sentient bombs uh that they have to talk to and tell when to uh when to blow up oh, that's um, amazing yeah and so like uh like problems arise when like the bomb bays keep opening because of a ship malfunction and one of the, bo- the one of the bombs really wants to blow up uh <laughs> But they don't have anywhere to put it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's funny. Like it's like 
there's there's one crew member who's like uh he's like uh i can't his his name isn't his name he's like called um like pinback i think it is uh uh but he's like my name's not pinback it's like john like something or other uh he's like i was just uh like refueling the ship and the this astronaut jumped in the fuel tank and killed himself so they told me they told me i was part of this crew now Nice. He's like nobody's called me by my real name in five years or something. Um, but yeah, it was it was good. Uh, the uh, it was apparently started as a student film of John Carpenter's, uh, and then like it got expanded into like a full length thing. Which yeah, is... I love that with the sci fi people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I love I love good seventies sci fi where it's just like everything's still pretty analog it's just it's it's enjoyable mm. um which is also true of alien um it was uh dan o'bannon was the writer for both dark star and alien oh hell yeah yeah no he's good mm-hmm. um i watched the match factory girl which was the finale of kurzmaki's um proletariat trilogy holy fuck what a dark movie just oh yes it is <laughs> like there like all like there's a lot of dark humor in like a lot of Korzmaki, but like the like there's like the humor if you could pull humor out of this movie it's more like cosmic like comedy of uh like errors uh that like only like you watching as a third party could see because there's nothing funny like the ending is the closest we get to like some type of punchline but even then it is just like the bleakest movie yeah yeah like uh, like the punchlines are mostly just like punches Uh uh-huh it's just like pain but like it's uh i don't know i'd recommend watching the whole trilogy but like holy crap like if you're if you're not in the mood for something that's just like dark and sad that is a dark and sad movie for like most of it it's funny it was the first of the three i watched because it's so short yeah it is it's only like i think 65 70 minutes yeah and i was like oh i've got time for that so i threw it on thinking like oh you know this will this will be like leningrad cowboys no it wasn't mm. <laughs> but it's it's incredible nonetheless yeah yeah um the actress is really good in it too she was the like one of the stars of uh, uh shadows in paradise uh Katsi Utenen, I think her name is, but, um, okay. yeah, it, it, it was dark as hell. I probably won't watch it again, um, but I'm, I'll probably watch the other ones in that series. Oh, yeah, I, I will watch Ariel anytime. Yeah, Ariel's really good. Um, let's see, I watched, uh, Slums of Beverly Hills. I love okay. that movie. Starring Natasha <laughs> Leon and, yeah, Marissa Tomei, and it's a good one. It is a delight. I watched that movie obsessively as a kid. Yeah. Um, and I also just freaking love, like, Tasha Leone and uh, Kevin Corrigan's situation, where he's oh. just, like, the, the dirtbag neighbor with the Manson t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Who sells weed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, he has multiple in the Manson t-shirts, because he gives one to Natasha Leone. Um, uh, he sells them because he's just really into the Manson murders, so he yeah. takes her on a date by, like, taking her to the house yeah yeah he's like that's the house right there oh god what a what a freak 
It, there's so yeah. many people in this movie. Oh yeah, I mean Alan Arkin's the dad, and he's incredible. Mm-hmm. Alan Arkin's the dad. Um, the brother is somebody. I don't. I don't. Yeah, he was in. Um, I know him from Ten Things I Hate About You, but he was in like Numbers and shit. That's right. Oh, he's in like a Harold and Kumar movies. Yeah, yeah. I I I'm I I I'm I can't remember specifically what else I'm thinking of him from, but he's in just like a bunch of stuff. He's just one of those actors. Um. And he just wants to be, uh, you know, in musicals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Guys and Dolls. So good. Um... Hello. Okay. So what were we... The... 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 Versatome scene? Oh, yeah. Just the scene with, um... Marissa Tomei and Natasha Leone uh, dance dancing to uh, yeah. uh, like funk music and uh, like playing catch with a vibrator uh, was really funny. It is so fucking good. I also love that they they speak Itigo in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two of my close friends speak it. Really. So I would like I accidentally learned some of it. So now when I watch the movie, I'm like, oh yeah. I got it you <laughs> like it's so fucking stupid but I love it yeah I I was like I like I could kind of understand what they were going for but I was like wow this is like I I, I wasn't sure if they actually made up a language for this movie hmm. uh, I don't know if it came from that or what but Itigo is like a it's like pig latin but more complicated mm-hmm. and I told my twin cousins about it because they wanted to have a secret twin language and they're like, we're, we're on it. And then they learned it. That's cool. That's fun. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a good one though. Um, it does, it does kind of weirdly make an excuse for Alan Arkin, uh, groping, um, Marissa Tomei right at the end. It was a very seventies excuse. You know, sometimes people are lonely. Like, yeah, okay. yeah. Like, Tome said that it's like, all right, Marissa Tome, that's not, it's not great, but like, I don't know, it's part of the movie. Um, and then, uh, other than the stuff that we're all going to talk about, I watched uh, Mary Jane's Not a Virgin. I was a teenage serial killer, and uh, her short, uh, Sarah Jacobson's short, uh, bra shopping. Oh hell yeah! I've seen two out of three. Does it come with a short? Uh, the, the, the Blu-ray comes with, like, four or five, like, shorts that she did. Hell yeah, I've never seen those available anywhere. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I didn't, literally didn't know they exist until it was, like, on the disc, and, like, there's, like, yeah, just, like, a list of, like, five or six things. Um, yeah, bra shopping, it's, it's literally a, a movie she made, like, right after, um, Mary Jane's not a uh, virgin anymore, like, right after filming it, uh, she like uh had one bra for the entire filming of the movie and then uh accidentally destroyed it in the dryer so it, <laughs> it's it's her going with her mom to the mall to uh get fit, like get fitted for like an actual good bra uh, oh my god it's that it's, is it's very sweet that is phenomenal because that is a deeply female experience yeah 
as I was watching it, like, 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 there's a point where, like, her mom, because she's, like, in the dressing room, like, filming herself in the mirror, just, like, trying out, like, this bra and, like, talking about how it feels and, like, how it feels to, like, have an actual good fit bra uh, that doesn't, like, hurt her. Um, And, like, sorry. I'm just, like, deeply enthused by all of this. Keep going. It's really cool. And then her mom comes in and they're just, like, talking about it. And it's, like, yeah, this is, like, like a like a mother daughter sort of like like a just like a an experience that they're having together uh i that anybody needs to know this but my mom um is very different chested than i am so she never took me but she's like my sister will take you so i had to do bra shopping with my aunt <laughs> there was a whole day of it it was a thing mm-hmm. um uh, that's a thing that girls have to do. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So great. I love that. I need to see that. Yeah, it was a it was a really interesting short to watch. It was, yeah, it was it was sweet. Like uh, at the end, um, there was like a woman who was helping him, hel- helping uh, Sarah Jacobson and her mother, and like I think like measured her and like was telling her like what she needed uh, to like get good like like what kind of bra she needed and like how like what support she needed and at the end uh i i think she gave her mom the camera and she's standing next to this woman just like thanking her profusely like thank you so much i've never had like a good bra in my life like this is so nice oh, oh i love that so much mm-hmm. yeah yeah that was really cool but um yeah i i watched uh mary jane's not a virgin anymore and i was a teenage serial killer both by uh um sarah jacobson uh who was such a cool filmmaker uh she was the cool like i want to be her so bad i love everything i've seen by her mm-hmm. she 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 did like a like a little sh- like 10 15 minute short that was about the making of the fabulous stains uh oh my god i love that movie oh my god i love this girl what the hell yeah and like and like just like how chaotic and weird like every every part of the fabulous stains is uh like all the fucking weird people who are involved in it. Uh, both I can't cool. believe Laura Dern's in that fucking movie. Yeah, Laura Dern, Diane Lane are like these like fourteen year old punk singers or punk in I, a punk band. And I still dream of having a band that covers their main hit, "Waste of Time." Hell yeah. Um. I I yeah I I was like what. Like I I didn't realize that it never like well it, it it was super limited but it never really came out in theaters, um. And like when it did, it was uh, I think up against like a Star Wars movie. Uh, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um. And, and like in the thing, they're like most of the people who were in the movie have not seen it. Like, I think uh, like one of the members of like the uh the Clash or the Sex Pistols said that somebody taped it on TV and sent it to them because it started airing on, like, a, a night flight, which was, like, a big block on USA for, like, underground shit. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I remember hearing about it when I was a kid, and then I was on a mission to find it for years. Mm-hmm. And I finally did, and I was like, I loved this so much, and I want to see it, like, all the time. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that movie needs to be more readily available. <laughs> yeah, I I have it on DVD. Um, it, it came through the exchange, and I was like, I'm absolutely fucking buying that. Like, there's no choice. Oh, yes. 
Um, yeah, uh, yeah, Sarah Jacobson's just really cool. Like, uh, um, I feel like I've been mostly focusing on the short films that I've seen on the Blu-ray because they're so wild to me. But um, like Mary Jane's not a virgin anymore is like, or w- one of the coolest like movies I've seen. Um, dealing with like politics of like sex and like it really goes into politics of sex like in a punk scene which is interesting um it's like and it's mixed gendered which is amazing i mean like we know we're talking about sexual politics but i feel like anytime i see those movies it's still from a male perspective mm -hmm. or mostly men and then there's like a girl yeah yeah and uh, i mean for for a movie to be like talking about like like to emphasize like oh you should be communicating with your partner and like figure out what you like and also like cause, like like if a dude doesn't listen to you or like try to like accommodate you like don't fuck him like exactly i loved her talking with her like co-workers about like she had so many questions and, so, and they were like oh yeah blah 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 just like there to be helpful Mm-hmm. Not, like to make fun of her exactly like it's just like oh yeah let's talk about this yeah they're like because yeah like uh i was talking about this like similar topic the other day like no one tells you like how things are supposed to be like so like how like being able to talk with like fellow co-workers or like fellow like young women about that is like honestly like an idea that i haven't seen executed in like probably any movie um it is one of my favorite topics in the entire world and i think unsurprisingly i've been that friend for a lot of people mm-hmm. not even like a like a whole like well-experienced thing especially when i was like really young but it was like first chapter book i read more than once was everything you ever wanted to know about sex but was afraid to ask mm-hmm. um as like a kid and <laughs> So, like, I would be that, like, person that so many of my friends would just be so confused and scared about shit and to be like, please don't be. Ask questions. What do you want to know? Yeah. Because everybody should feel comfortable all the time about, like, the things going on in their life and around them, whether or not they want to take part. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, like, it's just so good to see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's really cool. Um. Like we we talked about it a little bit the other day the the scene where she's talking with um the punk girl Erica and she's like you're not a loser if you masturbate and then the girl's just like God no you're a loser if you don't like mm-hmm. so funny um, I still I mean I I think I said this to you right after that I freaking love that like one of the the top uh, reviews on Letterboxd is my girl Mary Jane jacked off on her work's rooftop. And I was like, yes, that's that makes me so happy. Yeah. God, it's it's a really good movie. I definitely recommend Mary Jane's Not a Virgin Anymore. It is free on Tubi, uh, if anyone wants to watch it. Um yeah, I recommend for all especially dudes. Listen to ladies for like an hour. Yeah, it's good shit. So <laughs> like Yeah, it it's it's the kind of movie where you watch it and you're like, damn, I can't fucking believe uh, this person, like, didn't have the chance to, like, make a bunch more movies. Uh, I wish she did. She's 
I can't believe she like passed in 2004. Like yeah, she was she, so young. She was like in her. She was like 33 or something when she died. Um, yeah, she should have had a, like a nice long career. Yeah, yeah. She's like uh, pe- people. Like I've seen a lot of comparisons to like Richard Linklater and Kevin Smith. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and all the con- all the comparisons to Kevin Smith are like fucking bullshit. Kevin Smith is famous. Uh, forever and super rich but sarah jacobson died yeah i mean like i like i, I love a lot of usq things to the day i die but like she should have been famous if he got famous mm-hmm. yeah they're like yeah like i don't know clerks is clerks is good i'm not gonna get into like an argument of like oh i don't like is kevin smith bad but i don't no, defend no. for other people like, i think clerks is great yeah but... But at the same time, I don't really give a shit about Kevin Smith. Uh, That's totally fair. Uh, I think a lot of people have strong opinions on him. I think if those movies don't work for you, they don't work for you. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like that, and I like um, uh, uh, Jay and Silent Bob. Those are both great. Uh, Dogma. I like Dogma. I like Chasing Amy. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's got its issues, but there's good there. Yeah, he 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 does he does really have his moments, but like just just because Those I keep seeing people in '98. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I just watched his most recent Jay and Silent Bob movie, and I had a delightful time. But that's just because I am like well versed in the viewsq situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daily Departed, Connor and I got real into those around like same age. Um, and I guess that's just one of those things that we both were like, yeah, this is just now a thing that I like forever, I guess. <laughs> um, then Cameron tried to get into it later and was just like, this is fucking terrible. We're like, you know what? That makes sense. That makes sense for you as an adult watching these for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this movie, Mary Jane's and a Virgin, it's one of those movies that like you kind of wish you saw as a teen. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, this uh, when I finally when I saw that movie, it was kind of just on a whim. Um, I, I didn't even really know what it was. I I knew her other movie though. Mm-hmm. Um, as a teenage serial killer, which you also watched. Um, yeah, like I'd seen that, and I really liked that. But yeah, I, I hadn't heard of this, and I watched it, and it was just like, holy shit! How is this not more famous? How is this not beloved? I would have gone crazy for this as a kid. I'm going crazy for it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and we don't have to go too deep into I Was a Teenage Serial Killer, but that's also, like, a, a, a like a really cool short film, like. It's uh, so fun. Yeah. It's it's a great concept, too. Yeah, yeah, just this, this 19-year-old woman just starts killing people. Uh, killing men who are, like, shitty. Like, the dude who, like, this one dude, like, took off his condom while they were having sex and, like, uh like a uh, construction worker cat hulk calls her so she stabs him uh it's just so it's a weirdly fun and breezy just murder movie yeah and every movie every murder takes like at least 30 seconds of like the victim like gurgling <laughs> it's really funny it's really good yeah I mean, yeah 
because it's also like it's a take on like I was a teenage werewolf and I was a teenage zombie and so she's like you know what let's let's go this route yeah I was a teenage serial killer yeah that's a fun one um that's Sarah Jacobson yeah Sarah Jacobson's so cool um yeah I it, it's really sad that there will never be any more Sarah Jacobson stuff because I really want more <laughs> Yeah, after, like based on kind of it's the kind of filmmaking I wish I could do. Like, I, I wish I don't know. I was more organized about filming things. <laughs> she, I mean, she she just used like a shitty old camera. Oh, that works for me then. Mm-hmm. Very poor. I like that. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, should we move on to our shared uh shared experience? Ooh, yeah, well, that sounds good. Talking about like a psychic trauma right there. <laughs> <laughs> Our shared experience in the Mojave Desert. Our shared trauma. We've been uh, through a lot. Yeah, our shared Al Adamson uh, odyssey. That's accurate. Um, I I love knowing like that Al Adamson is just beloved schlock that is supposed to be a mess. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. It's, it's, that's just what you're getting in for. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, for for you listeners at home or for wherever you are, uh, the three of us had the pleasure of going to the drive-in, which I think everybody should just go support all of the drive-ins right now. Um, if you're not staying home and staying safe, just go to the fucking drive-in. It's, Give them all your money. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the most distance you could do while also still seeing a movie. Um, exactly. And it's like, why would you pay 16 bucks to sit on, like, a dirty theater chair? Like, just watch a cool movie from outside your car. Yeah. Um, inside yeah. your car. Yeah, so we watched... Uh... But uh, we we had the pleasure of seeing a double feature of, as you said, an Al Adamson double feature. So it was Dracula versus Frankenstein and Brain of Blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both uh, both with um, that one guy. Yeah, that uh, Xandor Vorkov is his name. Uh, <laughs> I like that he he does seem to use a lot of the same actors. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which actually, Xander Vorkov is his stage name. I I looked up what his actual name was, and it was like pretty normal i think but like yeah i think he was just like an accountant or something in ohio yeah i for i think i looked it up and he was like he was specifically al adamson's accountant or something <laughs> um i respect that yeah but uh oh, you want to be in the movie my accountant yeah uh, and, and, Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> and also it was uh uh fucking that one uh, yeah, yeah, that the the woman was, uh, I think, Al Adamson's wife, uh, Regina Carroll. That would make, that would make a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. She seems to get the starring role in everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's also like a lot. Yeah, she has so yeah. much hair. I thought it was fake. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I mean, maybe it was. Who who knows? But yeah, it was an obscene amount of hair. Oh yeah. man, she was in uh, Viva Las Vegas. It, it, there's a ton of weird old actors in this too. Uh, yeah, 
Well, first one especially because I can't believe Russ Tamblin was like the head of the motorcycle gang. Yeah. Fucking Russ Tamblin was there, Lon Chaney Jr. Um uh the the doctor, I guess, was in a bunch of old like cowboy movies with like John Wayne and like you know, other people. Um, um. Like there is some like old like you know like very like studio fifties actors like. Um. That's always the astonishing thing to me that around the seventies, so many classic actors went on to make weird horror movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the the guy that was the the Frankenstein doctor, um, was also in this really great John Crawford John Garfield movie I like called Humoresque. But, like, in that same decade, she went on and she's making, like, Straight Jacket and other, like, weird, schlocky horror movies. Mm-hmm. Like, it's incredible, the stuff that happened in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah, it really is interesting. Like, so many 50s actors, like, I don't know, like, something changed and they couldn't make the transition quite, uh, I guess because the studio system crumbled. Uh, well, yeah. You're no longer under contract, so good luck. Yeah. So, yeah, they just started like getting in these weird like sea horror movies like yeah. some of them did it well mm-hmm. um, but a lot of them did not like oh man but yeah i mean these these movies i think we we discussed before we like learned more but like uh, al seems to really have a, kind of a general recipe for his films mhm um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that they all had like some of the same actors as we discussed. Um, there seems to always just be like a random love story that takes like two minutes to happen. Yeah, um, there's a mad scientist. Uh, the mad scientist. There's weird pseudoscience that gets explained for a lot of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the the scientist loves talking about his pseudoscience. Uh, oh, of course. Like it doesn't like doesn't go further than like vague like. I, I I'm going to complete my serum using like your your trauma reaction, but like uh at the same time won't stop talking about it. Uh exactly. And they're proud. They're proud of their work. Mm-hmm. There's always like a weird large man that isn't bright. Yeah. Uh, a yeah. Lemon- if you will, which is not the most appropriate term, but it's kind of what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how to describe it without using like probably not not good terminology, but like he 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 does. It it seems to be like a a through line in his things where like he's got like a big a big uh like I don't know how to put it. Mutated oaf. Like, uh, yeah, like a big oaf, like, in this, like, the, the big guy was, like, uh, like, like a traditional oaf. Like, well, not even that, like, he, he had, but, like, like, essentially the personality of a child, and then he got burned with acid, so he looked like a monster. Um, oh, well, yeah, I was thinking more. He always made him monstrous looking for some reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. It seemed weirdly gentle outside of their affiliation with the mad scientist. Yeah, yeah, they were yeah. they were gentle. Like he he was using like a serum to transform Lon Jan- Lon Chaney Jr. into a murderer, uh, mm-hmm. and then he lost control of it uh, because yes, of course he did. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Which, that whole first movie had a interesting dynamic to it. 
because it yeah. kind of had the whole spookies thing going on. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's Dracula v. Frankenstein. There's not a lot of V. Um, not at all. It's mainly yeah. them, like, chilling together or for each other separately. Yeah. Completely unrelated Which- to the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. Which, as we learned, they ad- they had to add in Dracula and Frankenstein after the fact. Yeah, which makes so much sense. Yeah, because... Go ahead. Would you just get scenes of, like, just Dracula watching from afar? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like... Not even, like, you don't even know where he is because it's just a, like... It's like Samurai Cop where it's just a shot of his face. Like, in, the, in the... Looking at things you can't see. Yeah, he's just, like, in the dark, but there's, like, a blue light on him. Um, just superimposed onto the screen. Yeah. But also, God bless Samurai Cop, but that's a story for another day. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird, though, because Frankenstein also doesn't really do anything, except for, like, I, I think he fucks up some cops, which is fun, but that's yeah. it. Yeah, he kills he kills some people in a car, and then he and then cops show up, and he fucking wrecks them. And this uh, was after, like, 30, 40 minutes of the last Frankenstein's monster scene. And when mm. that happened, I was like, right, there's yeah. a monster just out in the woods. Yeah, you like, do forget Frankenstein's a part of this. <laughs> you, you forget that both Frankenstein and Dracula are part of it, because, like, the, the, the movie just keeps playing out its scenes, and then you're like, isn't there, like, supposed to be something else happening, and then Dracula shows up and, like, lights a guy on fire? Um, <laughs> Which, that was, that rocked. That was, that was so sudden, it was hilarious. It was... The other great thing is, like, most of the death scenes were either off-camera or beheadings. Yeah. It, like, or, yeah, or, like, they just had Lon Chaney Jr., like, uh, swing an axe down, like, by the camera, and, like... And you, you just, just have bloody people, and you're like, okay, I guess that was death. Yeah, I like I I like the whole movie was like wow they didn't even they didn't even like make it gory they're just like yep this well, person's dead it, now. I was kind of jazzed that there was a moment of nudity just because I'm not sure I've really seen nudity at the drive-in. Mm-hmm. You you, you like, mean, Ooh. when there was the woman on the table and the dude just pulls down the sheet to <laughs> feel a single boob. I love that it's just one. We only get one. That was so it's funny so because, like, the uh, the sister was like, uh, uh, the sister of the main character, uh, who the doctor was like experimenting on, was naked the whole time. But they had like he had like the black bars over the door, like right over her boobs. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we're oh. gonna strap her in, but only by that area. Yeah, yeah. The, only only by the 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 boob. In the genitals, like that's where we're strapping her in. Um, I was like, that I was like, they're making such a specific choice not to show nudity here. Where like they will elsewhere. Yeah, mo- yeah. Mo- yeah. They 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 did it in like a throwaway part later, which I think that I think Dracula might have been part of that, which might be. Yeah, which is really very funny. Yeah. I also just love that it, it's just one. Maybe they got contracted for one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They're like, you're like yeah. show one boob. I don't know how we can do that on the uh, the science restraints so uh, i guess on a table mm-hmm. yeah it is it's very silly um i fucking i don't think that we had enough of the weird boardwalk hippies which is just a part of that yeah like she goes to this fucking hippie club um mm-hmm. and it just says like they have just pot spray painted on the wall yeah um, so yeah, you know I- 
please. <laughs> that was so funny. Where yeah, in inside the bar, it just says pot on the wall. Um, Incredible. Yeah, and they uh, like they drug her coffee, and then she just starts going crazy. Oh yeah. Know? She's like, I'm on a bad trip, man. Mm, like, yeah, so she just dumb. is like dancing around, and then like yeah, passes out, and this this weird seventies like. Like Sherlock Holmes, dude, who's wearing a uh, a turtleneck and a medallion the whole time. More like than a medallion, it's like a bone and bead necklace. That's right, it was like a bone and bead necklace. God, probably like some more than freaking turtleneck. Yeah, it, I love it. Yeah, it was like it was like middle aged dude seventies culture. It, like he had like a bachelor pad. He called it his pad. Um. Like, yeah, I know all these cool hippie kids. I'm, uh, uh, you know, knowledgeable. I'm smart. People come to me. Like, mm-hmm. all right, you weird adult man. Um, he never explained how he had money. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I feel like he's like the professor type. Like, he's just like the professor hippie that he was super straight until hippie culture came, and he's like, all right, now's my time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it kind of seems like. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I mean, to the hippie strange. Who had um, a terrific poncho? He wore most of the movie. He did. Um, uh, poncho uh, and striped pants. <laughs> uh, and then um, what was it? Oh, oh the, the movie like start like it opened with uh, the main character's sister being uh, killed by Lon Chaney uh, Jr. and then um, and then it went into a Vegas musical number. Uh, by the main character. Luggage. It was about luggage, which is the weird... It was not a bad number, either, but it no. was about luggage. Yeah, it was about luggage, and then it, there's a point that still bothers me, is she she tells her, like, backup dancers, like, oh, I'll meet you in my dressing room, and then the next scene, she's in L.A. talking to a cop. Yeah, they never... Like, I it, there's definitely stuff that, like, got cut out of the original movie that I, I, I wish we could have seen that movie, too. Yeah. Uh, I wish there was like a weird Vegas showgirl slash hippie boardwalk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seemed it seems like the the un, the underlying original movie was like a supernatural kind of mystery because the doctor was working on that serum or what other whatever, but then they turn him into uh, do, uh like the long lost Doctor Frankenstein's like great grandson. <laughs> like yeah. Oh my God. No, there's literally like. A five or seven minute scene where it's just Dracula and the descendant of Frankenstein basically shouting exposition at each other in a room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's oh. just like, you're this. Ah, yes, I am. Mm-hmm. And then when, uh, like, Dracula's like, I, I like, like, you're, uh, you're going to complete your serum and, like, you're going to help me because I want it. And, uh, the doctor's like, I know no fear. And then Dracula points his ring and like just lights a piece of cloth on fire, and immediately the doctor's like, "Well, okay, never mind. Like, I'll help you." <laughs> I think that's the, another good example of one fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it really is that the greatest of greatest of comics. Yeah. I, I we I can't believe we haven't even touched on um, Asbo the Evil Dwarf. Oh, oh yeah, God. yeah. The, so many things. The running plotline of both films. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, so he, he was just like, yeah, he yeah he was just like a troublemaker. Uh, 
in like both of these movies just like just coming around stirring up shit like he was in thunderdome yeah can't believe he's in freaks he's in the other side of the wind like it's (laughs) what a career he also was like alive for a really long time too yeah, um, wasn't he like eighty something like when he died? You said that's impressive for a nice uh, low person mm. to live that long. They usually that's... have no problem. Yeah, but exactly. Especially in that era, because you know we we didn't care about the health of people that were not like everybody else. Mm-hmm. He was in a nineteen twenty eight film with uh, John Lon Chaney Senior, and then he, he was. Cool. And then uh, I I looked it up. This was Lon Chaney Junior.'s last movie. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that makes the, sense. Yeah, the the Angelo R- Rossito is uh the the guy's name. Um <laughs> That's really cool. He was in so much. In in nineteen twenty eight he was in that movie, and then this movie was like what, like the late seventies? That's no, what I mean. Like anybody who can do shit like that for that long is that's great. Yeah. He was in Doctor mm-hmm. Doolittle. Oh wow. Yeah. The show on Earth, Sophie DeMille. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Good, good oh, for you. Yeah. But yeah, he was like the the carnival barker ticket taker for Doctor Frankenstein's like House of Freaks. Um, I still, yeah, you for, brought it up before, but that is the best part. The uh, yeah. eat your dollar. Yeah, yeah. He 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 requires a dollar to get tickets, and then he <laughs> pretends to eat it as like a close up magic bit, which was really funny. So funny because he just puts his hand in front of his face and goes, nom, nom, nom. Nom, nom. <laughs> and then and then very slyly tries to put the dollar in his pocket. It's uh, great because it's I don't think it's for anyone but him. He's just mm-mm. having a good time. It's a fun bit. I like it. Um, I like him. I would I would go to that, you know, that, that part of the boardwalk. I would talk. Yeah. Um, There's also a delight in Brain of Blood. Um, as like mm-hmm. one of the few people with like some level of like morals. <laughs> yeah. In a weird way, yeah. Yeah, because c- he was worried about the big guy who. Uh... It's like that was my only friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but but at the same time, he's like going into the basement, and, like tormenting these two girls who they're using as blood bags, like. Mm-hmm. Um. And also, he's apparently really good at wiring cars to explode. Yeah. Oh my god, and then the two guys who are the same man. Yeah, yeah. so, so Brain of Blood starts off with like this like leader of a fictional com- uh, country dying. Um, uh, and so they go to this mad scientist who uh, will transplant uh, his brain into a new body. Um, and it goes all fucky. Uh, and the scientist has a guy chase after like the the like uh like servants i guess of this like leader who whose brain they're transplanting um mm-hmm. and the guy who goes after him looks exactly like the guy who's like kind of the main character for the movie uh mm-hmm. they look just, so similar <laughs> yeah there was a good second where i wasn't sure if it wasn't the same guy yeah they kept oh, yeah. They kept cutting between, like, both of them driving, like, two separate cars. But they'd cut between them, and I'm like, I'm not sure which one we're looking at right now. The only thing that helped is one had a hat. Yeah. And an all-white outfit. 
Oh, that's true. There was a lot of all white outfits. They, you know, it was a bold move for when you're running through the woods. Yeah, yeah, they're like running through this weird brush, <laughs> just grasping children. Yeah, just like finding a child and being like, "Well, I guess he's hanging out with me now." Like, yeah, they like have a wild child in the middle of the woods. Yeah, this is our kid now, and we're gonna make out right around him mm-hmm. and yeah, abandoned yeah. forever. Yeah, the the one like one of the girls in the basement who they're like taking blood out of to keep uh this brain alive, I guess dies or whatever. Um and and the the uh uh the the dwarf I don't know if that's fine to say, but um and Angelo Rosito, he he takes this woman and chains her up somewhere else. Um so the second woman that they're like holding captive manages to escape. Uh, but just escapes further into this basement. Um, it's a deep basement, because she just keeps walking. Yeah, she walks for a while. Um, she finds some rats. It, it it turns into a very light version of The Descent. Um, yeah. For this woman, that- specifically. She finds uh, like other people. There, I am still pissed that there was just some weird dude in the basement they could have just used. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah, he he was just being a creep down there, like also chained up, but just being a creep. No, I think no, he was barking. I, I think the implication is he had a dog brain. Well, then he's oh. right through a new human brain. Like, yeah, they could they could just pop a new human brain right in there. Um, exactly. Yeah, you know, actually, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. That, that, it really like that was bugging me as I was watching it because I was just like, I think that the nice. Uh, Big man deserved to to be around. I feel bad for him. Yeah, uh, gore or whatever. Yeah, he was. He was. He seemed sweet. There's just a bunch mm-hmm. of awful hicks that like wanted to steal his toy. Yeah, and also throw battery acid on him. Yeah, awful. And then he's like, "Yeah, he's not my friend. I just use him." Yeah, that was like, that was sad. Yeah, fuck the doctor. He's a jerk. Yeah, the doctor is a piece of shit. Uh, yep. Oh yeah, he he like tried to kill like the the leader's like servants so he could control the leader basically uh, and like gain control of his country. Um, Which I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, I also I I love looking at like you know, having the names in front of me in the description because I just love that. You're you're told that it's basically it, it's Khalid is the nation, so it is you know generic Middle Eastern mm-hmm. nation. Um, Amir is the leader who dies, but like, and then it goes. It's up to Amir's friends, Bob and his wife Tracy. Yeah. Bob and Tracy are not from Khalid. They're both extremely no. white. It's Bob yeah. is extremely supposedly from Britain. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, it feels weird to just then transplant these two blonde people to be, like, you know, high-up members of this Middle Eastern nation, but all right. Yeah, because originally, uh, our our Dracula Xander Vorkov is there as uh, Muhammad, who is, like, Amir's servant, or, like, I don't know, one of his high-ups. brown face, but, like, otherwise sort of respectful. Yeah, like... I couldn't tell if it was brownface or if he just didn't have the white makeup from Dracula on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't really know what he looks like normally. Yeah. Either way, not 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 a culturally sensitive movie. Uh, by well, it is the seventies, but you kind of get what you get. Yeah, and then I 
they, they seem to like have respect for the nation itself and the leader. Like it wasn't anything like that, but it just definitely was just like, all right, you're just picking like general mm-hmm. brown people. Like you're yeah. not no specificity. Yeah, yeah like yeah. This, this guy's name is Mahab, and you're like, okay, and then he dies in a fiery car crash. Yep, along with all the other non-white people. Yeah. Yeah, and then of course we we transplant the leader's brain into a big big white guy mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah then a little white guy mm-hmm. yeah uh, th- yeah then a little white guy <laughs> um, it's just yeah it's yeah. impressive i also i just want to say props to the part that maybe made me laugh the most outside of making out over a passed out child yeah while uh, they're holding it. is i have i'm sorry i'm very tired and weak because of my rat bites and then he sucks out. I don't know oh, why. Yeah. Like, oh. what are you supposed to suck out? Of yeah, a rat he, bite? yeah, I forgot that he was sucking on her rat bites. Uh, and then they fell in love. Um, no wonder they fell in love. How romantic. Yeah. But he's, you know, ever like sucked out rat bites for me, though I've never had that problem. But yeah, it, like, uh, it, like in this universe, rats are poisonous. I don't. I guess. Um, yeah, so that's like not what you're supposed to do for snakes either. Like that's mm-mm. all bullshit. Yeah, none of it works. But uh, it uh, was really funny. It made me laugh really hard. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Oh, help me with this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and then and then after after he sucks out of her rat bites, uh, they fall in love. They uh, just grab a kid who's running around and sort of hang out with them. Uh, because he was running away from the big monster uh, with the uh, Amir's brain in it. Um, then they make out while the kid is passed out. And then he just leaves her and the child. Right, you're never going to see me again, but uh, good yeah, luck. Yeah, you, you never see her again. The movie doesn't think about her for one more second. Or the kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we just, you know, fuck them. They're in the woods. Mm-hmm. The good kid luck. was never explained. He probably lived around here was my thought, and they're just like, "Well, you're coming with us. Like, let him go home." Yeah, that's all. I kept thinking that too. Where it's just like, "Yeah, okay. Like, keep him in his care for a second while you like make sure the monster's away, but like, mm-hmm. send him home." Yeah, it's like, do you know how to get home? Cool, go there. Like, <laughs> yeah, they carried him further from wherever he's from because they were like on some fucking like. They were on top of the mountain. Yeah, like, there's no way he lives up there. He's down. He's mm-hmm. down in the weird brush. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it, honestly, they were both really fun to see at the drive-in, both of these, like, bad movies. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I'm glad I had a decent crowd. Like, I wasn't sure what kind of would come out for that. There was, like, a family and, like, just... Yeah, there was a couple families, which was surprising. Um, yeah. I also love that the people in the drive-in radio just kept going, you want some more schlock? Like, they know. Mm-hmm. They know yeah. what Al Adams is. Yeah. Like, they... When I returned the radio we rented, the guy there was like, oh, how bad was that, huh? <laughs> like, oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Uh, that's. I think those are, like, I so hope in this, like, drive-in renaissance that I hope continues beyond just now, but, like, people realize how awesome drive-ins are. But, um... Yeah. That they keep doing older movies, especially movies that were often made for the drive-in. Yeah. A lot of our best really weird horror movies are from the drive-in era because they would make a lot of money. Oh, yeah. 
do you have gore? Do you have nudity? Mm-hmm. Come to the drive-in. Yeah. And I want that to happen again. Yeah, late night drive-in, just like, yeah, just this nasty old movie from the 70s. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't need to see, like, the newest Marvel movie at the drive-in. I want to see some weird old gore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was a good time. Yeah. Oh, I, I've been, I, I just keep checking out like showtimes and stuff at the drive-ins uh just to see if they're like changing it up and like unfortunately this weekend most of them are doing that garth brooks bullshit uh a perfect weekend to be out of town yeah. uh, a friend told me about she she was looking into doing it soon um and like she kept sending me showtimes and so many were really good um, but then some were terrible, where it was like Zootopia and something else, and I'm like, why bring that back? That's not been. Yeah, there, there. I are... guess for the. <laughs> yeah, I guess the for the kid money. Yeah. Mm. Um, but it, th- there's there's uh, we went to one of the drive-ins in Warren. There's a second one that has three screens. Oh. Um, uh, their 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 showtimes are Jaws and Jurassic Park, like the Kent was doing. Uh, or Ravenna, technically, and then uh, Grease and Footloose, and then Shrek and Despicable Me. <laughs> I I want to see Jaws at the Drive-In so bad, especially because it's the anniversary and Jaws rocks. Mm-hmm. But like, I kept seeing them do the whole Grease Footloose one because the Kent one did that like two or three weeks ago, and I tried so hard to get uh, Connor and Cameron to go. Because I was like, I, fuck, I I don't fuck with Footloose. I think it's overrated, but it's fun cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, Peace, I love. And the fact that I could watch Stranded at the Drive-In being sung while at the Drive-In is just, oh, warms my heart. <laughs> I, I want that. <laughs> I have to say, do you guys have any, like, super highlights of times you went to the Drive-In as, like, a kid or anything? To see modern movies? Uh, nothing off the top. I did go, but nothing really stands. Well, I mean, the drive-in locally that I would go to had, like, a playset, like, playground that was made in the 70s, or probably. Like, all wood. Ooh. And, you know those little, like, <laughs> spinny things, the merry-go-round type things, where you, like, run around and then jump on it? This one... Rather than being flat with bars around the sides, was like cone shaped. So it was like a forty-five degree that would meet at the top, and with like boards nailed into it to hold on to, and then a foot deep trench around it. <laughs> it was horribly dangerous. Oh, that sounds Super fun! Cool. I hate that my brain just goes to. I should find a merry-go-round. <laughs> <laughs> My first thought. I I I love spinny rides. Give me some spinny. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember what I saw as a kid at the drive-in. I I saw one where the 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 later showing was one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Um, those are surprisingly good. I wonder if they still hold up because I loved the first one as a kid. The first one I think still like as far as those movies go holds up pretty well. Um. But it's been a while since I've watched it. Man, that was like, I think about 2007. My family used to go every once in a while, but that was like the most memorable to me. Memorable to me. Um, 
Um, my first drive-in ever was a double feature of um, Mystery Men and the remake of The House on Haunted Hill, so The Haunting. Hell yeah. Cool. Uh, which was, they were both really fun movies to watch in the drive-in. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen some other dumb ones. Like I was just thinking the other day that I actually saw the third American Pie movie, American Wedding, at the drive-in. <laughs> um, saw the House of Wax remake with Paris Hilton. Uh, <laughs> I saw Freddy versus Jason. I saw a lot of dumb things, like at the you know. Yeah, I still maintain like the best stuff I've ever seen at the drive-in was always old stuff. Like when I got to do the the horror one in. It is some drive-in in Ohio that I need to remember the name because it was the coolest one I've been to so far. Um, but at the end of the season, they'll do a bunch of horror movies and a lot of drive-ins will do that because October is usually the end of their season, but mm-hmm. they pick good things to marathon. We had like thing, Halloween, um, nightmare on Elm street and the exorcist. That's cool. That's a good Four one. Films. We were there until like really fucking late. Yeah. And it was us and like two other cars that stayed to the end. Mm-hmm. it was worth it it was terrific like i wish places did that stuff all the time yeah yeah which i it seems like now we a, a little bit are getting there which i really like because uh, i i don't know it feels perfect for the drive-in to just go see an old like old horror movie the friend that was telling me about movies was just like oh the the kent one's playing beetlejuice i was like fuck what when and she meant the, like the actual theater and i was like oh yeah. no uh, I want to be driving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I highly recommend drive-ins. I think it's just the beginning of a drive-in summer for us. So hopefully, yeah, everybody will hear more of our drive-in takes. Yeah. Uh, Garth Brooks can get fucked uh, <laughs> with his drive-in bullshit taking over the drive-in for the weekend. I mean, country folks need something to do. <laughs> Yeah, watch Brain of Blood. Uh, yeah, Should. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll we'll go back there soon. Uh, maybe maybe the Kent will have something fun soon. Yeah. All right. I do have one question for you guys. So, which was mm-hmm. the better movie? Mm. That's tough. It's hard to say. They're both very comparable. Um. Hmm. Both like lost and won a lot of points for me based on different things. Yeah, I'm gonna... I almost feel like the second one made more sense, but I almost like the first one's like vibe more. That's what I was gonna say. The the second one, I think, is a more competent movie, and that's obviously because, as we know, the first one had reshoots. But the fact that there were reshoots in the first place to make it more of a fun experience because it's just. Just a little more chaotic sometimes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I like I I at the time I liked the second one better just because it like well at the same time it had like four different plots. Like it was a spy movie, it was a like a fucking horror movie, it like a mad scientist movie. It had like that weird side plot with the woman in the basement. But like there's so much going on in the first one. It's so fun. Like the hippies, uh, y- y- like you were talking about um, Dr. Jacoby. Uh, 
from Twin Peaks fucking uh, <laughs> sends uh, that woman on a bad trip. He's just like, yeah, put this on her coffee, man. Yeah. When she be looking for Rico. It's just so fun and stupid. It is. Uh, the, 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 the part under the boardwalk with the, the main character and like the, the like elder hippie dude, uh, were like, they both wanted to go there to investigate, but they also both keep going back and forth on whether they actually want to be there. That made me laugh so hard. Okay. Well now we found the trap door, which is what we were looking for, but, um, let's not do anything about it just yet. Yeah. Let's go, um, let's go, let's go sit off like, uh, like 20 feet. Over there, I guess. They both just go like, "Let's get out of here. Let's go home." Yeah, and mm-hmm. the next scene, they're just on the beach. Yeah, they're like, home. "Yeah, they're like, let's get out of here." But also, let's hang out here, I guess, for a yeah. while. Um, yeah. They immediately become a couple. It's just really fucking funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. This- also, I enjoy her luggage musical number. It was honestly a solid number. It, yeah, it was a good one. It, it was funny. It was. Um, it felt. It felt like there were more that they wanted. There was more they wanted to show us there, but mm-hmm. we didn't get to see it. Yeah, I I am impressed by Al. Good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. Do we want to do recommendations this week or? Uh, oh god, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. I guess we did. Uh, yeah. Yeah, did we have ones quickly or that we you've thought of? Uh, uh nothing I've thought of, uh, but I am just gonna say uh Liz Fair, fucking go listen to Liz Fair. Yes. I'm seeing which song yeah, I, I go listen to Exile and Guyville. Uh uh Divorce Song and Shatter are what I'm on right now. Uh Oh man, you know, if, if you've got the time, girly sound tapes are always a good choice. Yeah, girly sound is good. Um, really, any looks fair, but Exile and Guyville is like, the, I mean, it's 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 the the OG Liz Fair. Uh, I listened to Flower like four times yesterday. Hell yeah. Yes. God, I love this song. That, that's another that that like that's three three songs straight on uh Exon Guyville's divorce song Shatter and Flower. Uh Flower is a strong fucking song. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, uh those three songs are a lot of fucking fun. Um That's another one I'll cover with my my hypothetical dream band. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Liz Fair is good, uh, and I've been listening to that while I sit outside and read, so very nice. Has any recs from you? Um, yeah, I'm gonna say you, Jimbo, because there's a funny joke about Mulberry Field. Nice. <laughs> also, the to... new Phoebe Bridgers album came out, which I haven't really listened to yet. So, I'm not gonna recommend it, but I'm just going to announce it that it exists. <laughs> Okay. I was surprised I didn't hear you talk about it. That makes sense that you haven't listened to it then yet. Yeah, I've like half of it. I have a friend that got way deep into it and was like, oh, Miles should be happy. Yeah. It's good. Um, but no, actually, in all honesty, Ojimbo is really actually a funny movie. Um, it's that classic trope where you have two not great like parties, so speak, or gangs ruling a small town third party intervenes and it's just playing them against each other. Mm-hmm. Even though it doesn't really seem like he wants to be there. 
Yeah. I mean, it was. We were just talking Kurosawa. The parking lot was with George. Um, That's right. Like, yeah, I need to watch more of his shit stat because he has a, such an enormous filmography, and pretty much everything's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Rashomon yeah. is probably one of my favorite films. Yeah. I like Rashomon. That's not how I remember it. Well, <laughs> can't blame you. I really like the uh, the Rashomon episode of King of the Hill. Uh, Especially the part part, uh, where everybody else talks like Boomhauer and Boomhauer talks normal. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's this is like one of my favorite Simpson jokes is Homer, you liked Rashomon. That's not how I remember it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's a, they do great film jokes in The Simpsons they do. when they're like, "We're gonna go see an R-rated movie." Bart, Bart and Fink, Bart and Fink. <laughs> 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 you want to see Cohen Brothers movies? Yeah, that, that it is very funny to think about The Simpsons going to watch Bart and Fink. Um, That's actually fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, which the Coens love to have John Goodman just going fucking crazy. But uh, I fucking love him in that movie so much. I'll yeah. show you the life of the mind. Oh, <laughs> it rocks. God. Um, I almost um, watched Miller's Crossing last night. Yeah. Um, I might watch it soon. Um, uh, what's your What's your Rex, Brooke? Um, I didn't think properly. But um, so since what we do in the shadows, season two is done, I believe. Um, I've been trying to find new TV to throw on, and I was lucky enough to find a bunch of At Home with Amy Sedaris available, because I really enjoyed the first season. I love Amy Sedaris, um, if people know who don't know who she is. You've seen her in things, like, she's often, like, a character actor, or, like, mm-hmm. a background actor. Um, if you know terrific comedy shows of the 2000s and late 90s, uh, Strangers with Candy should ring a bell, mm-hmm. um, where she plays the wonderful Jerry Blank. Like she's also the sister of David Sedaris, who tons of people know. Um, but yeah, so at home with Amy Sedaris is just her being an absolute fucking nutball as like fifty different characters and a bunch of weird celebrities come on, and then she just crafts. It's just it's supposed to be like almost like a Martha Stewart esque show, but deranged. Uh, it's really like there was a halloween episode that i watched recently where thomas lennon from like reno 911 in the state um is just like the town historian so he's like actually this very house is haunted because there used to be another hospitality show filmed here and that lady got stabbed by her meat scissors and so (laughs) the whole episode she gets threats from her meat scissors um (laughs) He's like, also, I know all about this because I woo older widows in town and they have the dirt. And you're just like, okay. And so he just starts name dropping them. He's like, Mabel dropped me off. She's wonderful and spry and only 85. And you're just like, all right, Tom, that's cool. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's a delight. Um, Tons of famous people are on it. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, um, I'm trying to even think who all's come on. Oh, okay. The best one was... So Michael Stipe was on a, an episode recently. Oh, cool. Out of the fucking blue. She's like, well, Michael Stipe's here to help me craft. <laughs> he shows up and they're going to make like pillows or something. No, they're going to make party hats. That's it. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I like crafting. I think my favorite thing are tassels. I really like tassels. And he's just his soft spoken self. 
Mm -hmm. And um, she's like, that's great. That's great. He's like, actually, I wrote a poem about tassels. Would you like to hear it? He just does a whole poem, like very seriously about his joy of tassels, whether they are on like a fun ruffle pillow or on nipples. Tassels are great. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And then they make party hats and then wear them. And then he's just done. Like he's gone for that part of the episode. Like, it's just, it is a delightful and ridiculous program. And the episodes are like 20 minutes. So it is just like some fun brain candy. Yeah, so that's my rag. Watch watch some At Home with Amy Sedaris. Hell yeah. Um, well, I guess that'll do it for us. Uh, uh, it's been yeah. a show. I would like to um, say in memoriam for uh, Connor Battles. Yeah, I was about it, to it, ask, when are we holding the memorial? Uh, I'm sure next week we'll be fine for our memorial to Connor. Um, uh, I'm sure nothing will inter- interrupt that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, big rip to Connor. Um, rest in power. Rest, rest. in power. <laughs> Connor uh, rest. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. It's been content nausea. It's been content nausea. Uh, if you want to email us about what you've been consuming or listening to or watching, uh, email us at content uh, nazuia at gmail.com. Uh, email will be in the description so you can learn how to spell it. Because uh, I will yeah. not I will not fix it. Uh, I, There's no need to. If you really want to contact us, you got to work for it. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, I think that does it for us. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.